Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in the waiting, Lord, that you're with us, that you're our God, that you're a God that's faithful, that we can count on, we can depend on. And we depend on you today, Lord, to speak your words, to open up hearts, to direct each one of us to where you need to direct us, and that your will, your wonderful will, will be done in each one of our lives. And we just pray this in your name. Amen. Let's go to First Kings. First Kings 18, please. I wonder if I should change the message, too. Yeah, just kidding. First Kings 18. Wonderful, wonderful verse. That's, uh, let's read it. Elijah went up before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. And usually I read just a, a long passage, and that, that sums it up. It's a wonderful, wonderful verse. Because it says again, Elijah's coming to the people. It's been three and a half years of drought. He, he's, come to, um, he's come to them, and he came to them three and a half years before and said, there's not going to be any rain on this land. They had three and a half years of drought because of their sin. And now he's coming again to them and saying, he's coming to the king of Israel and saying to him, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. How long is the title of the message? And point number one is we need to understand when he says waver, there's different versions. I think one says halt between. I was reading a version that says, how long go ye limping between two sides? How long will you go on balancing between two opinions? How long will ye halt between two opinions? How long will you try to have it both ways? He says, how long will you play? And Adol has said to me, when he's asked me something and Maybe I just don't feel like giving him the answer. He looked at me and says, you're dancing. Now, I'm not a good dancer. But sometimes I dance. And he said to them, why are you dancing between two opinions? Now, if we go to the definition of waver, I think it's nice in the dictionary. It says, to move unsteadily back and forth. Unsteady, to exhibit irresolution or, ir- or indecision, to vacillate, to become unsteady or unsure, to falter, to pause, to hold back. Unwillingness. And that's what they were. They were unwilling to make a decision. And Elijah said to them, he says, how long will you falter between two Opinions. He said, if the Lord is your God, follow him. He says, but if Baal is your God, follow him. He says, make no pretense about it. This is not a game. If 
Baal is your God, speak up. Just admit it. I don't follow the living God. I'm not willing to. But why are you going back and forth? First point. What does it mean to waver? To go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. A little bit of God, a little bit of the world. A little bit of God, a little bit of the world. Hesitate. Well, God, you're good today. I need you today. I got a need. I got a catastrophe. I got a problem. I'm dancing now. I like you. I need you. But then the lights are turned off. Nobody's around. Ooh, the world. Wow, it looks good. The friends are old. I want to go there and hang out with my old friends. I want to watch my old shows. I want to do my old thing because it's actually fun. Dilly-dallying back and forth. Wavering. Each of us should take it for heart. Take it to heart. And look at our life and see where are we wavering. If the Lord is God, it says follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Who are we following today? That's not really the question, is it? Who were we following last night? Because we all might say, I'm following the Lord today. I'm in church. But I'm not telling you about Friday night. I'm not telling you about Thursday afternoon. I'm not telling you about last week. I'm not telling you about in the middle of the night what I did. Because I was actually following Baal for that period of time. And now I'm following God. Wavering back and forth. Sin. Sin. A little bit of God. A little bit of sin. Wavering. Now, what two opinions is, are he talk, is he talking about? Because it's, it's interesting that we need to define the two opinions because we can talk about it and we can actually say people are wavering. I mean, I was wavering in a job search. That's wavering. I want this. I want that. I'm wavering back. Should I get this? Well, that's not the wavering we're talking about. He spends a day promoting Elijah spends a day promoting a competition to, to show them this wavering he was talking about was God and Baal. The world and the kingdom of God. So let's be clear. That's what the wavering was going on in his day. And it's the same thing in our day. And this is when Elijah in verse 22 said to them that I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal has 450 prophets. And then he goes on to create a challenge, the challenge of the bulls. And we've all read it, and I'm going to let you have time to go through it and read it on your own. It's very worthwhile to read about how he said, choose a bull for yourself. He had two bulls. One, the prophets of Baal were going to use as a sacrifice. They were going to cut it up in pieces and put it on the altar. And then he says, may the God who is true, the God that creates fire, that burns the altar and this, these, these choice portions that are on the altar. May he be the one that is truly the God. So the competition goes on. 
And it says, so they took the bull, this is verse 26, given to them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of, of Baal and morning till noon. So from morning till noon, they're calling on their God. They said, can you come and do this? Because they were confident. Bring the fire down. Morning till noon, they called. Oh, Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. They danced like fools. Why? Because they were calling on a God that wasn't real. How many times do we call on a God that doesn't real? We go out into the world. We hang out with the world. We do the things of the world. And we wonder why there's no result. Why he doesn't come through. Because he can't come through. He will never come through. The world will never solve our problems. Never, ever solve our problems. It will never fix our catastrophes. It will never keep our marriages together. We saw today a celebration of a marriage, and it was faithfulness to God that kept the marriage together. It wasn't faithfulness to an unknown God. It wasn't faithfulness to Baal. It was faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ that has glued two people together and kept them together for 25 years. So they called from morning till noon and nothing happened. And they screamed and they danced and they shouted louder. Surely he is God. Perhaps he, and that's when Elijah became kind of a little humorous. In verse 27 it says, Elijah began to taunt them. He says, shout louder. Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe your God doesn't have his ears. Maybe he has earphones on. Maybe he's listening to some music or watching TV. Or maybe he's sleeping. He is sleeping. The God of this world is asleep. Let me tell you that today. Those that are in here today that are still clinging to this world, that are still hanging out with this world, that are still depending on this world, that are still going to this world thinking that it's going to fulfill your needs and give you hope and give you satisfaction and give you direction, you are going to a hopeless God that cannot fill the cup. Cannot, will not, because he's asleep and he cannot be awakened. And you can dance if you want. And you can shout if you want. And you can keep going to him if you want. You can waver back and forth if you want and think you're going to get something. And you will never get anything from this world. It is bankrupt. It offers nothing for us. Christians, it offers nothing for us. Unsaved. It offers nothing for you except catastrophe. So they went on and on. And midday passed and they continued in their frantic prophesies until the time of evening. And they even went crazy. They even start cutting themselves. Insane. And that's what it is. God is sanity. The Lord Jesus Christ creates sanity in us. If we don't have him in our hearts... We are actually insane. We will do things that don't even make sense. We will take chances that don't even make sense. And that's what they did. And then Elijah said to them, come here. And he prepared an altar of the God that was in ruins. It was already in ruins, and he rebuilt it. And he took 12 stones, and it says, with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and dug a trench around it, and he even poured water on it three times, and just soaked it. He said, I'm not even going to give you an opportunity to think that there's any trickery involved. 
You had 450 prophets dancing around, cutting themselves, calling on Baal. And these people are like looking at them. And I know some of them are saying they are crazy. And they were crazy. And it was one prophet who stood alone that day. Elijah. And he said, let me show you something. He dug it, did everything, poured water on it three times, soaked it. And he said, do it a third time. And then at the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today. And that's our prayer today. Let it be known today that you are the God of Israel, in Israel, and I am your servant, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me. Why? So that these people will know that you, O Lord, are God. And that you are turning their hearts back again. How long? Isn't that great? That's convicting. He says, how long are you going to play with me? How long are you going to dilly-dally? How long are you going to dance to this world's music? How long are you going to go and spend time with the unredeemed? I work at a Toyota dealer now, and they swear. When Daniel mentioned it today, you don't even understand swearing. It's part of their just, it's like part of their makeup. It's like an arm. It's like they can't even do anything, and it comes up. It's like, you know how you use your arms? You don't even think about it, do you? I mean, I don't. Do you think about your arms? I don't. I don't think about my eyes and say, move here, move there. No. It's just kind of second nature. Well, they swear like second nature. And they don't just swear. It's like they're puffing all day. Puffing cigarettes, swearing. And he says, why would you want to hang out with them? The unredeemed. Oh, I don't, they don't swear around me, Ron. Are they saved? Do they love our God? What are we doing during the week? Are we waving back and forth, waving back and forth, dancing here and there? thinking it's okay. God says to us, he says to me, he says, how long, Ron? How long will you waver? How long will you dilly-dally with me? If I am the Lord, follow me. But if it's Baal, follow him. Don't play any games and think you're following both because you can't. I heard a story about a man who wanted to go into two different careers And his father gave him an illustration. He said, well, you know, son, that's like sitting on two seats. He said, you get two chairs, you put them together and you sit on them, you're going to fall in between. He said, that's what it's like. You focus on one thing and that's it. If God is your God and he's the Lord, follow him. But don't dilly-dally. Don't think that's that's okay. So Elijah said to Lord, please show them you're the God they should be following, only you. And then it says, then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the soil and licked up the water in the trench. Just licked it up immediately. It wasn't like three hours of begging and pleading. There was no dancing. There was no cutting. There was none of that. There was a prayer to the real God, the Lord. And he answered. And he came through. And he licked it up. He's gone. 
And their response was, verse 39, when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Why did they do that? Because they saw. They saw it. Point number three. How long? Spurgeon said something. He says, how long halt ye between two opinions? How long for three and a half years not a drop of rain had fallen at the command of Jehovah? Is not that proof enough? Ye have been all this time, three and a half years, expecting that I should come, Jehovah's servant, and give you rain. And yet, though you yourselves are starving and your cattle is dead, your fields are parched, your meadows are covered with dust like the very deserts, yet all this time of judgment and trial and affliction has not been enough for you to make up your minds. How long then are you going to halt between two opinions? He says, look around you. You pay attention. We should pay attention. They don't give a message on Wednesday. It's like, what's going on? Are we following Christ? Pay attention. What are you saying when your kids are around? What's the conversation in the home? What's the TV program in the home? What's the TV program that our kids are watching in the home? What's the games that our kids are playing in the home, out of the home? Who are our kids' friends? Who are our friends? What churches are we going to? What other beliefs are we allowing to infiltrate our families? How consistent are we? Look around you and look at the catastrophe and look at the desert. Look at what's going on around you. Look at the meadows, how they're covered with dust. Look how the fields are parched. He says, pay attention. Look at your life. Don't you see? You're dilly-dallying. You're wavering back and forth. It's had a consequence. And the consequence has been death of God's faithfulness and his work in your life. Something's wrong. Let's look deep. Are we dilly-dallying? Are we juggling? God. Bam. All of a sudden, one drops. Like, oh, what happened? We can't do this. There's no juggling. There's one ball. The Lord Jesus Christ. I hold on to it. That's it. He says, if the Lord is God, if the Lord is God... Follow him. But don't dilly-dally. Don't play. He says, stop playing. Another quote. How many of you have been churchgoers and chapel-goers for years? You have been impressed, too. You have been impressed. Too many a time, but you have wiped the tears from your own eyes and have said, I will seek God and turn to him with full purpose of heart. And, the, and now you are just where you were. you come many years and you've been impressed. Oh, that's good. That's a good message. How many times do you say it's a good message? I can tell you the man up here doesn't want to hear it's a good message. 
honestly. Because if you say it's a good message, and then you leave and you're dilly-dallying, wavering back and forth, come on, it wasn't a good message. It just sounded good, and you just said, that was a good message. And then it says, many years later, you're just where you were. You're in the same place that you were years ago without Christ. That was a good message. It sounded good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And then you worship Baal, wavering back and forth. Go home. No godliness in the home. In church, a lot of godliness. Praise God. That was a good message. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Randy. That was great. Man, you inspired me. And then you go and you do your own thing. He said, enough of this. He said, you had three and a half years and I've been watching you. I didn't give you any blessing. I've been watching you to see if you would turn. To let you, to look at your life in the mirror. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And then you worship Baal. Wavering back and forth. Go home. No godliness in the home. In church, a lot of godliness. Praise God. That was a good message. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Randy. That was great. Man, you inspired me. And then you go and you do your own thing. He said, enough of this. He said, you had three and a half years and I've been watching you. I didn't give you any blessing. I've been watching you to see if you would turn, to let you look at your life in the good message. Sounded good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And then you worship Baal, wavering back and forth. Go home. No godliness in the home. In church, a lot of godliness. Praise God. That was a good message. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Randy. That was great. Man, you inspired me. And then you go and you do your own thing. He said, enough of this. He said, you had three and a half years and I've been watching you. I didn't give you any blessing. I've been watching you to see if you would turn, to let you look at your life in the mirror and say, something's not right, it's not right. He's like the person I can go to when I've had enough of Jesus. When you're not giving me what I want, Jesus, I got bail right here in my pocket. I got my friends in the world. I got my sinful life. I got the world. You grumbling? Why is God doing this in my life? Why? You grumbling, he said? How long will you grumble against me? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know I'm the God that came and died for you so that you have life and have it to the full? Don't you know that I'm the God that loved you so much that I gave up myself for you? Don't you know? Don't you know you can't have any other God before me? Don't you know you can't dilly-dally? You can't just go back and forth? You can't be like a pinball and just be bounced around? Don't you know that? 1 Samuel 1.14 says, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. It says, How long will you get drunk? And that could mean a lot of things, can it? What do we enjoy? What do, what's, what, what, what do we lust after? He says, how long will you do that? How long will you play the part? Proverbs one twenty two says, how long will you simple ones 
love your simple ways? How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? How long? How long will we play with Jesus? How long will we say no to him? How long will we keep coming to church and say, I've got it together. It's okay. My life is okay. And he says, no. Three and a half years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Some of us could be 30, 40 years of drought. And we aren't paying attention. And he says, how long will you keep looking out and seeing your life fall apart and say no to me? How long will you continue to live a life without me? How long? How can you do it when I have this precious life for you? How long will you say no? No way. I want to dilly-dally and go back and forth. How long? Point number four, last point. And the prophet said it real clearly, didn't he? He said, if if the Lord is God, follow him. The last point. The Lord is God. Not if the Lord is God. The Lord is God. Follow him. That's the last point. And, you know, isn't it funny? Because it's a funny statement. But who's your daddy? Isn't that funny? You hear that? Who's your daddy? Well, who's our daddy? Who's our daddy? Who's our God? People in the world say, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? What do you mean, who's your daddy? Who's your God? Who do you follow? Is it Baal? He said, well, then follow him. Admit it. Isn't that, that's what we should do. We should just look in the mirror and say, I follow Baal. And I choose to follow Baal, and that's just the way it is. And I'll tell the world, I'm not following Jesus. I don't want to follow him. Be honest, at least. Be honest. And that's what the prophet said. He says, be honest. If you're following God and the Lord Jesus Christ, then follow him wholeheartedly. And Numbers 14.24 gives us the secret. It says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. That's the spirit I want. My servant Caleb, he has a different spirit. And follows me wholeheartedly. It doesn't say dilly-dallying. It doesn't say he wavered. Wholeheartedly. Heart to do with his whole heart, he followed the Lord. And because of that, he says, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. He said, There's a result, there's a blessing that he will receive. He'll get the promise, the promised life, the promised land. Because he wholeheartedly, he didn't dilly-dally. He wasn't playing Christian. We can play Christian. And it's sad, isn't it? 
Come on. Isn't it sad if we play Christian? It's sad for the people around us. It's sad when we kind of go into our room and turn the lights off and we lay in the bed and we all the thoughts that go through our head. I mean, listen to the thoughts that are going through your head right now. What are they? Right now, are they, the Lord is my God, I'm going to follow him wholeheartedly. Is that what's going on in your mind right now? Or something to that effect? Or are you praying for others maybe that that would be their prayer right now? Where are we right now? What is our thoughts right now? Are we dilly-dallying right now here in church with the message being preached? I'm not, I don't like what he's saying. Who does he think he is? Oh, I didn't say anything. I've been quoting all verses. I've, been, I've got tons of verses. This is God's Word. God says this. I didn't say it. I didn't say I was a dilly-dallier and you're a dilly-dallier. No, the, the Lord said it in His Word. He said, why are you wavering between two opinions? He says, why? What are you doing? You can't juggle me and juggle Baal. You can't play with us. You either take me or take the world. Be honest. Be up front. Be sincere. Be sincere. Either you love me or you don't love me. Do you love me? And we can waver. Christians have problems. They go away. They stray away. Peter, what did he do? He denied the Lord three times. Denied him. And the Lord restored him. Why? Because Peter's heart was right. He repented. He fell on his face before the Lord said, please forgive me. I'm a dilly-dallier. I don't want to dilly-dally anymore. He says, if you love me, then this is what I want you to do. Go feed my lambs. Go do some work for me. Follow me. Are we following? That is the litmus test. If we're a waverer or not. Who do you follow? Who do I follow? Not here. Because we can walk through these doors and everything's good. Nice outfits. Nice fellowship. But what are you doing when you go home? When you're in the car? When nobody's watching? Is it the same life? Are you following the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love him so much that you say no to this world? Or are you bringing a little bit of this world in? It's like I need a little bit of this, Lord, this world to kind of give me some flavor in my life. The seasoning of Jesus isn't enough. I need some of this other spice to spice up my world, my life. And I can tell you that there's a drought in your family because of it. There's a drought in your household because of it. There's a drought in your life because of it. And he says, how long? How long will you say no and not follow me? How long will you say no to giving me your whole life and to follow me wholeheartedly? How long will you say no? Another quote I wrote, read here, is if the Lord be God, follow him. Let your conduct be consistent with your opinions. If you believe the Lord is to be God, carry out the Carry it out in your daily life. Be holy. Be prayerful. Trust in Christ. Be faithful. Be upright. Be loving. Give your heart to God and follow Him. But if Baal be God, then follow Him. But do not pretend to follow the other. 
Spurgeon said that. He says, let your conduct back up your opinion. The of this world are the best and believe that a fine, fashionable life, they, them to be a fine, fashionable life, a life of frivolity and gaiety, flying from flower to flower, getting honey from none, is the most desirable, then carry it out. Just flying to flower to flower like the hummingbird. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. He says, if that's what it is, be honest. I don't want you, Jesus, full-time. I want a part-time God. I'm, I want to go home and do what I do and dabble and cling and eat what I want to eat and do what I want to do. And then I want to be called Christian. And he says, no, you have no right to that title of Christian. You're a dilly-dallier. You might as well just say, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be serious with you guys. Just come up here and be serious. I say, I want you to know that I've been lying. Because Jesus knows you've been lying. He knows the game. He knows what's happening behind the scenes. You can't turn the channel and say, no, 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 I'm turning the channel. He's not going to see it. No, he knows us intimately. He knows me. He knows you. He knows when I dilly-dally. He knows what's in my life. What am I hiding from him? I'm going to go to a room and close all the doors and lock them and then get on the computer and go wherever I want and say, well, he didn't see that. Adol doesn't know about that. And God just right over my shoulder looking with his head down and bawling. He says, Dilly Dally, please, please stop. Your life is now falling apart. Please stop wavering. Stop faking it. Stop denying it. Stop playing. If you believe that you that to cheat in business is right, put it over the door. I sell trickery goods here. If you believe it's right to, to cheat in your business, just be honest. Put it over the door. I am a liar. Come here. You want to be lied to. All the writer is saying is be honest. That's all. He wasn't trying to put anybody down. He wasn't trying to hurt the people. He wasn't trying to do anything except have their profession match up with their life. That's all he was doing. And they said nothing at first. Because they didn't really know what to say. Because when you ask him if, if the Lord is your God, you know, follow him. But if Baal's your God, and they said nothing. They didn't say anything. But after they saw Christ, they did. They bowed down, repented. And that's what we can do. Isn't that great? The, the, God didn't pin this to hurt anybody. He didn't bring the prophet after three and a half years to put people down. Baal would have done that. He would have revealed their condition and then threw them in the pit. No, he revealed their condition and accepted their pardon. He pardoned them. And that's what God wants to do to us today. Anyone here today, he wants to pardon us. He wants to give us another chance. He wants to give us life. He wants to give us an abundant life. He wants to give us hope. He says it's not over. But he does say, how long? How long will you play the game of 
Christian? Or how long will you keep saying no to me when you come through these doors and you leave unchanged? He said, how long? And those people that day made a decision that day and they said, as for me and our house, we are going to serve the Lord. They got on their knees, prostrate, and they said, Lord, please forgive us. We want to be right with you. We don't want to dilly-dally anymore. Do we want to stop dilly-dallying? I I do. I don't want to dilly-dally with my Lord. I don't want to deny him. I don't want to question him. I want to just trust him. I want to follow him. Anything in my life that's not appealing to him, that's eating of this world's meals and food, I don't want any. Do we want any? We could say today, no more. We could say today, I don't want any. Can't we? No more. He says, how long will you play? Today we say, it's over. The game's over today. We're stopping. Let's pray. And as we're praying... You know, like in Matthew it says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The Lord's saying that to all of us. He says, you know, you must take up your cross and be real and be truthful and follow me. And with all eyes closed, the option today for those that are in here that don't know him is to say to him, today, I know you've asked how long. Will you not accept me? How long will you deny me? Your answer today is, Lord, today is the day that I get to say no more games, no more playing, no more denying that you're real, that you're the Lord. I want you as my God. And today, you can say that. And if anybody here today where the Lord has pressed upon your heart, not me, But his words have touched your heart and he's opened up your heart to want to have him as Lord and Savior. Put your hand up and we'll pray for you. And that's all you have to do. It's like the words are how long. You say, well, today is it. I don't want to go any further. I don't want to play anymore. I want you 100%, Lord. I don't want to play Christian. Anybody today? I see you, brother. Put your hand on anybody else. I mean, honestly, it's not me. The Lord says, I want to give you another chance. I'm giving you another chance. I don't want you playing. Be truthful, he said. Just be honest. I see your condition, and I want you to see your condition. He says, you don't have me in your heart. I'm not there, but I want to be there. I want to save you. I want to rescue you. I want to be part of your life. I want to change you. I don't want you going back and forth and playing. There's no need for the game. I want to give you life and life to the full. Just put your hand up. Isn't it great? Isn't it great that we can do that? That our God forgives us and gives us a second chance and says, you know, it's okay. Anybody? Just put your hand up. Isn't it wonderful? That you can just say, I do. I do, Lord. I give you my life. Have it completely. I don't want to play anymore. And Christians, I would ask you to put your hand up, but actually I will. Christians, who are in here today and say, I, I've been dilly-dallying. 
I've been going back and playing back and forth. I don't want to do that anymore. You put your hand up and say, Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to play. See you. Honestly. Put your hand up. I see you, sister. I see you, sister. I see you, brother. Honestly. There's no game, isn't it? There's no game. I see you. I see you, brother. It's like the Lord is saying, I don't want you going back and forth. And that's all he's asking. He says, if I'm the Lord, follow me wholeheartedly. Who wants to follow him wholeheartedly? Wholehearted Christians, put your hand up today and say, I want to follow him wholeheartedly. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that we have a God that we can come to, a God that we can cling to, a God that we can depend on, a God that's concerned about us, a God that doesn't want us to suffer in the drought of this world and the sin of this world, that you want to give us life and give it to the full. We pray for this brother put his hand up that wants to have a relationship with you, that you would come into his heart, that you would change him, that you would give him a new life, that you would show him the fruit of fellowship with you. We pray for all those that put their hand up and, and those that didn't, those that are that really in their hearts they, they see that they're dilly dallying, they see that you're not on the on the pedestal, Lord. You're not on, on the throne in their hearts, Lord. And they want to make a change. They want to put you first, Lord, that you would give them encouragement to not end that thought today and to pursue it with passion and be diligent, diligent about giving you every, every part of their lives and that you would change them and that you would make them like Christ. We just love you, Lord, and we thank you that you're part of this congregation and this church. Amen. Amen.